All right, put your sandals on. Make sure you strap them on. Y'all okay? Y'all right? Boy. Y'all want one of my power pills? It's a, a help you out a little bit, maybe. You know, before I get into any of this, let me <clears throat> let me talk to you just for a second, because I, I I want you to I want you to get a clarity and a and a a more full understanding of just just what it means when we talk about the ruach of God, what what is actually there for you and I. What has it done in our lives? And you know, they we've looked at through Old Testament scripture, they came up with with four consonants to spell out the name of God. And every time that the priest would even write those letters down, they would go and bathe themselves at each letter because that name was so holy to them. And that name that they, they had for God through, throughout Scripture, and, and they wrote this thing down, it was, it was the, the Yahweh. It was Y-W-Y-H-W-H, Y-H-W-H. I keep getting it. I'll keep wanting to spell it the, never mind. The Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, four letters. Y-H-W-H. And for centuries, the rabbis, this is how they express and how they, how, they, uh, how they say that this name is sounding out. Because they, they like to put that description in words. And they said that every time that you would take a breath, the human breath pronounces the name of God. If you take a deep breath in, can you, can you just fathom that? That every time you breathe, even your breath says the name of God. I'm not sure that's a coincidence. Because that's how yours and my life started. It started with the, with the exhale of God. The Bible was very descriptive when, when God created man. He said that he breathed into the nostrils. And I've got to sit and look at that. I don't know how much of this. Y'all let me talk to you about it first. I don't know if we'll get into notes or not. But the Bible was descriptive on how God breathed the breath of life into man. And he breathed it into the nostrils of man. He didn't breathe it past the face of man, hoping that the man would inhale. He forcefully 
breathed into the nostrils of man. That's how much God cared for you and I. He cared so much for you that he was intentional on how you would get your breath. He didn't leave it out there for some lifeless body to, to lie in the dust in which it came from and hope that the wind would swirl in the right direction and hope that maybe there was something that would happen to man where man would go... It was purposed. If God took the time to breathe purposefully into our life, should we not be so purposely to live a life for him? There, there's so many things that we miss in our lives because we don't understand the, the magnitude of how God what God went through, and, and I know he wasn't breaking a sweat while he was creating heaven and earth. He's much larger than that. But in our infinite ideas and in our minds, we have to understand that there was a work that was put into us that we would have life. And not only did God create us to have life, but he created us giving us purpose. And so many of us wander around in our life not really understanding what is the purpose of my life. My friend, can I tell you this morning that there's many of the Christian people that are lying throughout the church that are still lying in the dust in which they were made from wondering what is it that I'm supposed to do? Where is it that I'm supposed to go? How is it that I'm supposed to live? And God, the whole time, he breathed purpose into our nose. He told us exactly what he was going to do with us. He said, go and have dominion to be fruitful and to multiply and to have power and authority over all the living creatures. And we are setting back just trying to, instead of filling a purpose, we fill a seat. We come on Sunday, we hope that pastor's going to just give us a word that will excite us so much that we'll be able to make it through one whole day. And God is saying, I breathe life into you. Not a day. Not, not a moment. I didn't breathe a moment. I I breathe life into you. And he's expecting us to live out that life. But so many of us, man, I, I sit and look, I, I'm looking at what, what does this breath do for me and what does it, do y'all need a scripture so that I can preach? Will it, hey, go, give, give them Genesis 1-2, we'll let them read that and then y'all gonna let me talk this out. And then next Sunday, we'll probably pick up with some notes. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The end. You ready? Let's talk about it. Here, God looked down upon an earth that was just full of chaos, full of void. And even before he created us, the breath of God. 
It talked about the Spirit was hovering over it. That is the Ruach, the breath of God, breathed over the face of the deep. His breath brought structure. Some of you need to just lean your head back and let him breathe into your life again because your life is full of empty structure. We're not sure. We, 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 we run. Paul talks about running this race. <laughs> Boy, this race. Anybody tired from the race? But Paul told us to consider Christ. I wonder why he pointed his fingers to Christ that we would consider him. Because Christ ran a race with a posture. What are you talking about? I'm going to help you Bible scholars. He ran the race based on the joy that was set before him. He can't, look, he didn't run a race like this like we do. Man, if I can just get through today. Man, why does this keep happening to me? How many of you, come on, y'all talk to me this morning. How many of you walk, are walking through life even right now and you got your head down? You've got the hump in your back. Because it's from slouching. Jesus ran a race with a posture. One that would represent how we should also run the race. From the, by the joy that was set before him. He couldn't see what was set before him if he was looking downward. There was a posture that was breathed into the life of man. He took us from a posture of lying down in the dirt. And caused us to have life. And to stand up. And he said now go and have dominion. Walk with authority. Anybody that walks with authority. You, you, can tell, you can tell if they got authority or not. Most of them that have authority will walk through. Like they going for business. The ones that aren't. They go like this and they creep in. And You have authority. In the name of Jesus. Walk like it. Yes. Talk like it. Act like it. Live like it. Y'all yes. wanted this series. <laughs> there is something that happened when God leaned over and he breathed into man. This lifeless body that was lying in the dirt all of a sudden sat up. Can you imagine? I'm talking, look, okay, let's go to a funeral. Let's check them out lying in the casket. I think if the breath of life was to enter back in, they wouldn't lie there and go, boy, this is just, I believe that they would sit up. Everybody else would be laying out. But they would be setting up. Will you listen to me, church? God's breath had direction to it. God's breath brought authority and power and dominion into yours and my life. And yet we, we, are, we are bound and determined to live out a life in a, human, in, a, in a humanistic thinking type of mentality. Because every little thing that hits us, we think we are defeated. 
Every little thing that hits us, we call it a hindrance. Something's making us back up. Well, it must not be God. It must be that. Can I tell you that God didn't say, well, maybe today and not today. Maybe tomorrow, not tomorrow. He didn't come with some wayward thinking. The Bible even says that a man should not be a double-minded man. If he's a double-minded man, he should not ask God of anything because it will not be done. One minute we ask for it, the next minute we're unsure. One minute we think it's okay, the next minute it's not. And we wonder why the church. Before we come into church, we're bound. There's no freedom in our life because we don't understand that the power and the authority that was breathed into our nostrils came with purpose. Wondering how to make it through this life. I'm taking you back to Genesis so that you understand how it is that you are to make it through this life. It's not it's okay today and it's not tomorrow. Today's not like yesterday. Actually, today should be better. Today should be better than yesterday because we experienced something yesterday that caused us to mature in him so that we might be able to take on today. See, if the same problem came up, how many of you keep having the same problem every day? Day after day after day. You wake up in the morning and you face the same problem that you fought all day long yesterday. You're wore out, you're tired, you're exhausted. You wake up and there's that same fight again today. Come on, what did you learn yesterday from the fight? They're not going to like me. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to provoke you to not be the same person tomorrow that you are today. If you're constantly walking in the state of yesterday, you'll never get to the place where God created you to go. I don't want to live in yet. Ooh, I don't want to live in yesterday. <laughs> Anybody? Get, are you excited about living in yesterday? Anybody excited about living in their yesterday? Nobody. See, when we go through counseling with people, we, we're constantly telling people, I can't, fix, I can't fix what she said yesterday. All we can do is move forward from today. But no, no, uh-uh. Y'all marry folk. But you don't understand what she said. Like six years ago, there was one time. Y'all want me to quit? Y'all want me to stop? We just, if you want to stop, we can just stop. We can go get fried chicken and everybody have peace of mind or peace of belly. We're, we, we're living in our yesterday. And God came at a moment in our yesterday. 
at the back of creation. And he said, you know, without me, you'll lie lifeless. It wasn't good enough for God just to make us. He could have just made us and left us. But instead, he said, wait a minute. Because I talked to myself, and I said, self, y'all remember, y'all think God is schizophrenia. He's not. He was talking to Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one time. He said, let us make man in our image. So he created them, both male and female. Oh, Not I'm a man, I'm not sure, but I think I'm a man. I, I might be a woman, I'm just not, I'm not, if you're that unsure, go back to scripture, and he said, let us make them male and female. All right, now that I took care of that group, they get mad. It, look, you'll come to know the truth. And the truth will be the only thing to set you free. How do I know that? Because the Bible says it. Pastor, you fanatic. Yep. It's the living word. That's what gives me the air that I breathe. But God said, I'm going to breathe dominion into your life. I'm going to breathe power. I'm going to breathe structure. I'm going to... I, he breathed into the nostrils. I'm going to breathe direction. How many of you are wandering around? Have you ever seen a jogger going down the street with their head down? Why? Because they can't see where they're going. If you're trying to figure out why your life ain't changing, look out yonder way. That's what my mama said. Look over yonder. Where? <laughs> Anywhere but in front of you. <laughs> if she'd have told me like that, I might have I might have got that a little bit quicker. But she said, look over yonder, and I don't know where yonder was. <laughs> but it definitely wasn't here. There's nothing, there's nothing exciting about looking at your feet while you run. What's exciting is to know that the finish line is coming closer and closer and close. Man, I, can, I got 15 steps. I got 10 steps. I got two seconds. You want to know why you're exhausted so much? Because you don't know when the race is done. You're just running. Some of us looking at birds in the air, squirrels in the tree. And his ability to go to the cross, Jesus, his ability to go to the cross was because of the hope that was set before him. What was his hope? You and me. 
He didn't die for any other reason. He died for you and for me. That was his hope. I don't even want to get in the notes. So many of us lose our compassion. We, we lose, not our compassion, but we lose our, our, our oomph. We lose our intensity. We, 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 lose, we lose our zeal. Boy, she using big Bible words. We lose our zeal due to our misdirection. How many of you are in your Christian life now the same that you were when you started it? And I'm not saying that you're in the same place. Witness something. Not where you stand, but your stance. Are you in your, how many of you are still in your same stance as you were when you first give your heart to Christ. Let me break it down a little bit further. How many of you are still running regardless? How many of you are still excited about saying the name Jesus? How many of you are still excited about getting up on a Sunday morning after a long Saturday. Playing around with a bunch of little kids. And you're still excited to get up and go. Boy I can't wait to get to church. Man I hope the pastor talked to God this morning. Because I ain't been hearing him all week. Nobody? You're not there anymore? What happened? Oh, I know what happened. Church happened. Church people happened. Come on. I, look, I've heard it. You see that Christian that just got saved? Man, he runs over your back. He trips over your pocketbook. He kicks your kids because he's trying to get to the front because he's so excited. He said, man, if I can just get closer to the preacher, maybe the anointing will drip on me because he read the scripture like the, oh, like the oil on Aaron's head. He got it. He said, oh, the rest of these people, they don't know. I caught a revelation on it. So I'm going to get closer to that that carries the anointing so that it might just maybe yes. fall on me. I might get dripped on. Maybe he'll spit on me. <laughs> but then... The little old church mama. Well, honey, it, it, give it time. You'll be able to control it. Oh, give it some time. That'll wear off. Come on, y'all. Come on. Anybody that's been in church for any length of time has heard somebody say, yeah, give it some time. They'll act different next week. Oh, you wait. You, oh, you just wait. See, 
what you got this morning was a taste of glory. But when you go home, it's all going to be the same. And the next Sunday, he doesn't come in. See, you was just concerned about him tripping over your pocketbook and messing up your little Armantes and whatever else stuff y'all carry. Don't judge me. It ain't soup. It's suits. We probably shouldn't go live. People see how crazy. But instead, he walks in now distinguished-like. Last week, he was in his holy jeans and his riding boots. This week, he came in in loafers and skinty jeans. They're not skinty jeans. They're just tight. Well, when you get a certain size, they're not skinny anymore. They're just tight. So I wear tight jeans because I don't want to go on no diet. But he walks in more distinguished today. He even went and bought him one of them. Y'all remember them crocheted square ties? Come on, somebody help me. Y'all remember them? They, they looked like they were crocheted. They were the cloth ties and they were the little skinny square one with the bu- None of y'all fashioned? Boy, Lord, let me take a break. Father, in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, it took a minute. See, when we get old, we have a tendency to, well, never mind. Went and bought him one of them cute little ties that, and they, they wrinkle up. They kind of, they, they don't have no texture to them. They do. Never mind. But he come in distinguished this Sunday. Pulled his jean jacket too and buttoned it. He's doing better than we are. Never mind. Only people that know know. Why y'all think I wear my jackets open? See, y'all gonna be looking next time. Don't be judging me. But somebody told him it would wear off, and he believed them. I wonder how many of us are going to have to stand before Jesus, and he going to point out. See this group of people over here? These are the ones that you told I would wear off on them. And they turned from me. Y'all wanted this series. The breath of God is eternal. It never changes. Why, why are we so intentional on becoming so refined? That we're willing to let everything else go to the wayside. What do you mean everything else? Everything else. Those 
those times to where you just are willing to put yourself out in the place of being called stupid because you believe in him that much. Those times that you look at people and they could call you flat crazy because you acting like you ain't got no sense because you're rejoicing in the Lord for what he's done in your life from where he brought you to where you but see, we, we demean it over time. It doesn't mean as much today, 30 years later, as it did the day we first saw the light. We become Christianized, religiousized, peopleized. We got to fight all of that substance in the world. And because nobody taught us how to look out there, because our posture has changed, now the breath of God was breathed into you. And you now have life and have it more abundantly. But you intend on being just like everybody else because you have to fit in. God forbid if you don't fit in. Because everybody's looking at me. Everybody's talking about me. Nobody wants to play. So what? I'd much rather be getting chants from heaven. Go, Rocky. Go, Rocky. Go, go. Right? Huh? That's how we... She gets so excited. Potty training Sadie. She gets so excited. But see, when they put her on the potty and smack her, Matt and Dick Megan... When they put her on the potty and smack her because she pottied in her pants, it ain't no wonder she don't want to go to the potty because every time she sits on the potty, she gets smacked. Matt and Megan. <laughs> but when you take her by the hand and you go, go, Sadie, go, Sadie, go, go, she gets excited. Running to the bed. Run, mommy, run, mommy, run. I've seen it firsthand. I'm just... Then she goes, <gasps> she gets her potty snack, her potty treats. She says, Sadie potty treat? Absolutely, Sadie potty treat. Now I got a dad broke in. He's giving her ice cream too at 9 o'clock at night when they used to fuss and cuss at me for doing it. This is what happens with God. The Holy Spirit grabs you by the hand and says, Go, Don, go, Don, go, 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 Don, go, Don, go, go. But Dennis comes up and says, I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> I probably ought to pick my examples different. for all of this. He wants you to live full of joy with liberty 
see where the Spirit of the Lord is, which is the Ruach, which is the breath of God it, inside of you. I wish I could just give it all to you. Blah! excited about him, Pat. Every morning you wake, God wants you to dance, Pat. Well, Lord, Pastor, you don't know how hard that is. My hips hurt and my leg. God wants you to dance. Dance the best that you can dance. We might be surprised. We might wake up one morning and start dancing and the next thing you know, we're doing ballet. And then we go sit on the couch and go, Hope I didn't break nothing. <laughs> Sometimes I bend over and put my shoes on, man. It's, it's chore. I'll just leave it at that. Chore. Ain't no chair high enough. <laughs> Can't bend over low. Oh, that's a, that's a Christian song. I shouldn't be. How many of you need a new posture? Man, like I was just praying. I was, wow, how can your breath be so violent yet be so peaceful? How does, Kim, how does that even work? See, what we breathe in helps us to displace what needs to go out. You breathe in oxygen, you breathe out carbon dioxide or monoxide. She said monoxide. Okay. Almost give her an F. I ain't trying to grow no plant. I don't know what kind of plant you're talking about right now. I don't know what kind of tomato plant you're growing right now. I love this church. Boy. She said, grow baby, grow baby. I talk to them every time I cut them down. <laughs> Boy, I hate a green leaf weed. Drives me nuts. Because you got to take care of them all the time. i got other things to do with my life. That's an hour of my day that I'll never get back out there hoeing around some. No, never mind. I go to produce and let somebody else hoe around it. Right? We just go to the, we just go to the blanking chips. Got any maters? I wonder what it looked like. The day that he peered out of heaven. Oh, void. Darkness, okay. But I wonder what it looked like. I can help you with the description. So you can see it clear. You ready? Are you ready? What's your life look like right now? Mm 
frustration, disappointment, pain, hurt, disease, argument, lack. What does your life look like right now? I'm giving you descriptive words. You fill in the blank. That's what the earth looked like before God breathed into it. Can I tell you that if you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, your life doesn't look like that no more. His breath. His breath brought form to your life. He began to divide things. Remember? He divided the waters with the... Y'all remember? And the heavens? Y'all did read the creation. Y'all still don't think this happened from a big boom, do you? If it does, we need to stop and we need to go back to 101. This is not no big boom theory. But he looked at you one day and he went, man, Joe. If it wouldn't be so rude, all you would smell is medicine, but I'm not going to blow. I'm not going to blow into your nostril to demonstrate that. I'm just giving you the breath thing. I'll do it to Lacey. <laughs> Don't blow. No, I would get it out of church. Don't you ever blow in my nose again. That was just horrifying. That's what happened when he caught you in the state that you were in. And he said, look, poor Mike. was a newness of life. Oh, Kim, he looked at, he caught us when we was exhausted from our children. She's, she's not, she loves you, sweetheart. She told me the other day. She loves you with a special kind of love. She told me the other day. Get in trouble. <laughs> he caught us when we were exhausted. And he said, child <sighs> I can't help but think about it our problem is we think that we have to have that breath every time when our understanding should be that he's already breathed It's a constant state of breath. Okay, Holy Spirit. First, he done the work. That brought faith. Faith without works is dead. So now it is a reaction to the action. He breathed into, now it's our turn to...
See, the next time you take a breath out of frustration, remember this. You're taking in frustration. Come on. How many of you? Boy, I've wished. Where is Tater? Because she married that boy, and she said, and it's, <laughs> it ain't because she's in love, boy, she's frustrated. She needs a series. When we take those breaths, we need to be reminded that it's the breath of God. It's the Ruach. How many of you want to breathe in disappointment? Aggravation, agitation, irritation, pain, hurt, disease. Nobody? Okay, marriage problems and relationship problems and financial problems and work problems and dog problems. And <laughs> you don't want to breathe that in? Why? So now the next time you take a deep breath. Your breath got, well, sorry. Our breath. See how I changed that? Our breath has more common sense to know to breathe God than we do. I said our. That included me. As long as I ain't getting grounded. Because if I'd have said your breath, I would have gotten chastised in my office. Stop being so you, everything. And I wonder how many of us is breathing in the wrong stuff. Look, I'm guilty. I'm gu I breathe in the wrong stuff. When I take a breath, the air that I'm breathing in is polluted. Because I'm, I'm fixed on my problem. I'm fixed on everything that I'm trying to fix that's broken. And that's what I continuously breathe in. And I wonder why I'm just as tired and frustrated three hours from now. And God is wanting you to take the breath, the Ruach. what force it came with to blow waters back in Egypt it said it was out it was in Psalms I think it's 122 I don't know don't check me because I might be wrong and then you go say something bad about me it's in Psalms somewhere talking about the, 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 the air from his nostrils blew back the waters and caused them to what force but what safety. I, God, I don't, <laughs> I've been thinking about it all wrong. 
See, I taught myself something this morning just now. We'll go off the notes next week, Miss Pat. You just bear with me through this one this morning. But I just taught myself something this morning. I'm wanting God to breathe into me again. His breath is no different now than what it was when he first gave me life. Why? Why? Do, it's up to me to change something. Now I have to breathe in differently. This is good, Miss Dawn. <laughs> Woo. Man, see how easy it is for us to get sidetracked? God, I need you to die for me again. What? How does that even sound? If you need a breath of fresh air, breathe in Yahweh. Looking for the peace and the tranquility. Breathe in Yahweh. Because his breath isn't going to change for you today. It's the same. It's just called revelation. Because now the windows and the eyes of your understanding are open. They are enlightened. You learn something. If you ain't learned something this morning, you've been sleeping. You learn something. That is revelation. And only comes by way of God. Not by your education. But when you learn it, you adapt to it. That's what causes an internal change. Because now you have that desire that the Bible is misquoted on a thousand percent of the time. That he gives me the desires of my heart. No, it's not your wishful thinking that he floods you with. He gives you the desires of your heart. It is he that gives you the desire of your heart. What is it that you're desiring right now? There's a difference. I've told you desire and wish. A desire will drive you. A wish only agitates you. He gives us the desires of our heart. He pours into us. That which he wants us to desire. Well, how can he do that? Because when we seek him, he comes close to us when we draw close to him. And we begin to learn and to understand the heart of the Father. And that which excites him excites us. That which hurts him hurts us. That's the desires of our heart. Now, he also says that he will perfect those things that concern you. You can use that scripture, however, and it fits right in there. But when you tell me that God will give you the desires of your heart and you are emphasizing the fact that you desire this or you desire that or you and God will get you are using it out of context, take another scripture and apply that. That God said that he will perfect those things that concern me. And I'll get right behind you and bless the Lord with you and we wonder why God's not acting in our lives and not acting on our behalf because it's not his word that we're giving to him it's not the word that he is trying to watch over it is a word that we have constructed for our benefit 
And now we wonder why God's not doing it. <laughs> because it's not his word. That part got me laughing. Exodus 15, I said that. What was it? I said it was Psalms 122. See what I mean? You can't even preach up in this church without somebody going. Always check. I know y'all ain't taking notes. Only notes you don't. Remind pastor that he was out of place. Point A, B, and C. Whoo. But it's okay. I told you not to check me. Because it's possible that I was wrong. Makes me want to quit. Turning in my resignation. That's right, y'all didn't hire me. <laughs> oh. See, when you got to go down twice to pick something up. Can I take a drink? We were just talking, weren't we? So I don't have direction. I'm just talking. I'm just letting God do his thing. I'm just hoping that he'll open up little chunks of your heart and your mind along the way so that when we break into this and we dive into this series, that you will be able to grab a hold to Revelation and apply it to your life and watch your life change. Who likes being defeated all the time? Let me go see something. Well, when you learn your password and remember it, that's a blessing. We've been talking about some realistic things. I don't want to get. If I let y'all go now, y'all going to think, man, this is horrible. You're not supposed to be getting out of here before one o'clock. Give me Genesis 1-2 again. Just let me read it for a second. And see if there's anything else I can talk about. Okay. I think I exhausted the scripture. If I didn't exhaust the scripture, I exhausted me. you getting anything out of it did you did you pick something up that you can put in your pocket and take home with you i mean i didn't want to break into it i wasn't even so sure we was talking about this and now i talk to you for for a minute or two i just get excited knowing that god loved me so much that he had a purpose in my life 
And he said, I'm not just going to get it by your hair. Let, thank God he wasn't trying to blow my hair. <laughs> but I'm going to be purposeful and I'm going to blow it into your nostrils. I'm putting direction into your life. I'm giving you a posture. I'm bringing power and authority into your life. You no longer have to wander around helplessly. Man, that scripture speak as though we've already, or pray as though we've already received. That, That comes with understanding and knowing we, where we are, what our stance is in life. See, you can't believe that you've already received if you don't know the Father in which gives it to you. We have not because we ask not. Speak those things as if they already were. Some of our favorites. And oh, we'll blab it, but we never grab it. Because something happens and we find ourselves in a state again going, man, why is this not working? See, I I just don't know. I'm I'm stuck in a, in a, a little thing that I'm trying to wrap my small mind around. Because I truly believe that whatever it is that I need, I can call it into existence. I truly, and don't judge me, you do your own thing, okay? Leave me alone for a minute. I'm, I'm still working on that part because I don't want to be the blab it and grab it pastor. But I definitely want to be the one that will provoke you to walk into something that doesn't appear to be in existence. The kingdom made manifest in my life is due to my understanding and revelation and the and the 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 power to believe and have faith in that life and death are in the tongue. So I I if I can See, this is so hard because I want to believe the Bible for what it is. And then I hear theology and I hear people with education that hover and say, well, you can't because this and that. And then they want to give you this theological breakdown that they learned in seminary over the past four years. And, well, you can't really say that you you went to someone and delivered them from a demon well no the bible says that i am to go and cast out and i am to heal this see how sticky this can get people go well that's not you well he told he directly told me to go preach the gospel Heal the sick and cast out demons. That's so. Where do I go from here? How in the world 
did Adam do it? Y'all give me five minutes to break Adam down. How in the world did he do it? Named every animal on the planet. He'd done it without a scholar. I'm telling you, if, if I give this the way sometimes it's laid on my desk, this is very hard for me. Because Adam named everything. He said, you call it what it is, and that's what it'll be. He didn't say, do it in the Lord's name. I know this is going to get sticky. It, it gets sticky because Adam was created in their image. That's what Scripture told me. And he said, you have dominion. Over the birds of the air. How many of you know you should be able to go out there and look at a bird and tell the bird to sit down and the bird should sit down? See what I mean? Where did you just go on that? I thought you were saved. I thought you were filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought you had faith. I thought you were holy because he's holy. I thought you were the righteousness of God. See where, see where I'm going with it? This can get sticky. But this is what I'm trying to tell you. We're operating in our Christian walk based on where we stand. Not based on our stance. This ought to be for Wednesday. What Adam had in purity... was lost in the garden. What we have now was given back to us in the garden. I have to believe that Jesus did not die just to save me. Uh-oh. I think I just went to a Baptist church. Jesus died to bring back what Adam lost. What did Adam have? Come on, y'all, please help. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that I can have this. That's why I had to go there. I, I'm not saying that I have this and God ain't got nothing to do with it. That's not, that is not what I said. He's the only reason I have what I have. knocking on some Methodist doors now. You have dominion. Okay, 
let me, let me help you with a with a with a less deep scripture. If there's any sick among you, y'all like that one. Call upon the elders of the church. They'll anoint your head with oil. You'll pray the prayer of faith, and the sick shall recover. Is that misquoted? Did I quote that improperly? Is that within context? Are you, you see where I'm getting at? Where in that scripture does it say that I have to do that in Jesus' name? I do it with Jesus' authority because it's been given to me. He breathed that into me. I know. It's, it's challenging. Well, I didn't say that we can do it on our own. I said we have it because of him. He died on the cross to give us what was lost. The Ruach of God is the same. Y'all believe that scripture. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything that was made was made by him, and without him there was nothing made that was made. Right? Heaven and earth is, and the full, everything in earth and the fullness therein belongs to God. Right? So I have to believe that the breath of God is because of God. So if he breathed it in the beginning... That breath is still active. If he give dominion and power and authority in the beginning. Why is it not available now? Somebody help me. Y'all want to teach me now. I mean help me. I mean I'm, I'm digging for questions on a lot of this. Or, or I'm digging for answers on a lot of these. Because I've got, I'm sitting here looking at a Bible that's telling me I've got dominion and authority over my life. But yet, everybody wants to tell me I can't. Why does the Bible tell me to speak those things that aren't as if they are? Why would it tell me that if it can't be so? Moses lifted a stick. He grabbed a stick. There's nothing holy about this. This is just, I don't want y'all getting twisted. He grabbed a stick. I'm sure his stick was probably bigger than that. He was like the walking tall guy. He grabbed a stick. And stretched it over the Red Sea. And it parted. But God told him to do that. Exactly. Exactly. You got it. God's telling you to do things that you're not doing. And you're wondering why it's not happening. I'm not mad. I'm just trying to get a point across. And if I say it too monotone, y'all go to sleep. So I got to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So are you with me? The Ruach of God. He breathed the breath of life into man. Man never lost his breath. <laughs> he wants the church to understand. Man, if you, if you could actually see this, if, if God's breath could be a fog and it would fill this place, he wants you to see you're walking in his breath. And every breath that you breathe is God. Do you understand that? It, that's just how big he is. And he wants you to get it. Now, I'm not saying go out there and start pointing at cars. Stop! I'm not telling you to do that. You're going to get run over. Because people are crazy. The car might listen. But it was just crazy to me that he would tell him to have dominion and everything over all the birds of the air, every little creepy thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. Creepy things that creep upon, even your husband and wife. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. But we got dominion over everything on earth. Do you believe that? That's hard to believe, isn't it? Anybody in here just say absolutely 100%, I'm going for it, Pastor. You're not going, you, why? Because you're fighting this. This tells you that you can't fly. <laughs> Never mind, don't go jumping off buildings. Jesus even knew, right? He said, I don't need to jump off here. You're a fool. It's, <laughs> the word says, I'm just, man, trust, trust that when God breathed, he breathed in you. And everything that's in you, it's because of him that we move and breathe and have our being. It's because of him. So before you take the next deep breath out of frustration, Take a breath of God. Before you take another breath out of anger or disappointment or hurt or pain, take a breath of God. Think about it consciously. Man, I hope this just destroys your whole day. I'm waiting on one of you to go, man, I went home and he took, and I went, and then I remembered what you said and I went, oh. And I had to go sit on the, <laughs> sit on the porch with a Bible for two hours. Do that and see if it changes something. Look, I'm teaching to me this morning. It's not my notes. I'm teaching to me this morning. To know that I can change my circumstance by the very air that I breathe, it is um, 